you need quality friends and family around you, people that you know that can encourage you, people that you know that you can bounce your ideas off of, mm-hmm. and people that you know that will always be there for you. I see the walls before me, I feel the cages forming, seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head up the ground. I see the world before me, I know what change is coming, I hear the world is calling, so I keep my head up the ground. We break into everything. We break into Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. Welcome to the Barbecue's Corner where we step out on faith and defy the odds. I am your host, Joyce Donker. Today we have an amazing guest. She's the Barbecue of the month of September 2021 and she's none other than Dr. Joanne Gray-Johnson. Please introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Joanne Gray-Johnson. Thank you so much, Joyce, for having me on your podcast. It's such an honor to be your barrier breaker of the month. I am a dental surgeon. I studied in Kumasi, Ghana for six years, and then I worked in the public sector for two years. And then I finally decided it's just time to come home. Let me see what's at home. Currently, I'm working at both the public and private sector as a dentist. So I have a fair idea of what both spheres look like. Having come home, I also realized that oral health education in the Gambia is quite low. So that's why I decided to start my Instagram page where I shot videos, skits, memes, just to educate the public on the importance of oral health. Outside of that, I'm an auntie to three beautiful kids, still my parents' last baby, but without the last baby stereotypes, of course. And my favorite pastime is just to Netflix with a bowl of popcorn. So basically, that's me (laughs) in a nutshell. That's great. And that's how come I got to notice you, the post on Instagram. Because you do a lot of videos and I think it's so educational. Yes. And before we even dive into that, was dentistry your passion like from when you were young or is it something that you just found along the way? You just said, you know, I like this. I want to go into it. I would say I found it along the way because growing up as a child, actually, I wanted to be a teacher when I was in like grade two, thereabouts. But then as it got on, I found out I was so shy. So I'm like, how can you be a teacher when you can't even stand in front of people and talk? Then that went on to me wanting to be a lawyer. That was like there was in junior school. But then my mom wanted me to go to the science class because she thought that that would be more challenging for me than going to the arts class. So I went into the science class and there I fell in love with building drawing. So then I started developing the passion to be an architect or maybe an engineer of some sort. But then physics was such a tough subject for me. 
physics was giving me a tough time, even though I was doing well in exams, but I just felt that it was not something I wanted to continue with. So I decided, okay, maybe let me go and be a doctor. But then even with being a doctor, I didn't want the long hours. Like, you know, when you watch all these TV dramas, you see how doctors spend almost half of their lifetime in hospitals and stuff like that. I'm like, nah, I don't want to do something like that. So I happened to stumble upon dentistry and then I saw that it merged arts and science together. So I could still use my hand and still use the science aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, this is something that I would love to do. So that's how I came into dentistry. And then I shadowed a mentor of mine, Dentist George. I saw how he worked and then I actually loved it. So I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. Oh, wow. So that's how I came about dentistry. For me, I found it hard to know where I wanted to be. I just knew that I didn't want to be a lawyer. I didn't want to be a doctor. (laughs) Yes. And that's how I went to the common class. (laughs) Yes. You see, in high school, there's this point you get really confused, especially when you're about to graduate. You're still trying to find your footing. You don't know where exactly you want to be or what you want to be. So... Yeah, that's how I ended up doing dentistry. That's why it's so important to have guidance from even the parents and mentors, because it's so confusing. Like you said, you don't even know what to do. And if your parents are forcing you Mm -hmm. these days, kids, if you force your child, that's when they even say no, they'll resist them more. Exactly. (laughs) So back in the day where you were forced to do something, you just want to be so obedient and just do it. You just have to let the child do what exactly they want to do, because then they would give their 100 percent in everything that they'll do and they'll do it with passion. And whatever challenges they come through, they'll be able to go through it happily or find a way. But when you're depressed about something, honestly, it's just going to make it harder. And especially if you have to live your whole life doing that. (laughs) Exactly. Let the kids do what they want. And I feel like when they decide to do what they want to do, because they don't want to disappoint you or they also don't want to go back to what you are telling them to do, they are going to put their all into what they are supposed to do so that they can achieve it. Or else it will be like, oh, I'm going to go back to what my parents asked me to do and I don't want to go there. So I better yeah. <laughs> stick to what I'm doing now. So you graduated from high school in Gambia? Yes, I went to Gambia Methodist Academy. Oh. Class of 2010. 2010? Oh, you also went to Methodist? Yeah, yeah, I did. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> we did you graduate? I graduated in 2005, though. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. You are my little sister. <laughs> okay, I graduated five years after. Yeah. And then you did university. You went straight to Ghana? No, I had a gap year. I worked at MRC. Okay. But then when I went to MRC and started working as a medical laboratory assistant, as a technician there, I started falling in love with microbiology. So I was like, oh, I have to go and do microbiology now because this is really interesting. So I started applying to schools in the States to go and study microbiology. But then the dentistry thing was too strong. So I just went on with that one. So what university did you graduate from in Ghana? Kwame Kuma University of Science and Technology. Chai, chai, chai. Is it the one they call NOST? Yeah, KNUST. <laughs> KNUST. KNUST, yeah. I say NOST. <laughs> yeah, everybody calls it that. I saw on your Instagram this year will be seven years ago. 2017. You graduated from there 2017? Yeah, 2017. So how has it been like for you being a dentist? It's been fun, really. You meet a lot of interesting people and then you get to impact a lot of lives. So it's quite interesting. You meet different characters. Some people are appreciative. Some people don't really understand the importance of oral health. So I always take my time to try to talk to them, to educate them as much as possible so that when they go home, they'd also pass on the information to others. 
it's been challenging though, especially being back in Gambia because people don't appreciate what you're doing. And then secondly, the fact that you don't have enough materials to actually do what you want to do. But we've been managing. I can't really complain. One day we'll get there. We'll get there by the grace of God. Yeah. I see you do a lot of videos on Instagram and you're passing on information. So why is it important for you to ensure that people take care of their oral health? It's important for me because, as I said, patients don't really know the importance of oral health. Because in the Gambia, the first thing that you hear out of people's mouth is that, oh, don't go to the dentist. Why? Because you'll die. So I want to break ideas like that. If you pull out a tooth, you'll die. Mm. Stuff like that. All these things are not true. I just had a scenario, was it last week? There was this lady, she came with a swelling of the jaw. I don't want to gross you out, but then there was pus oozing from her jaw and all of that. And I'm telling her, the tooth in your mouth is what's causing all of this. We just have to pull out the tooth and then you'll be fine. But she was like, under no circumstance am I removing that tooth. Oh, dear. I had to call her mom and beg and plead with her to allow us to remove the tooth. And when we eventually removed the tooth, you should have seen the woman. She was actually cursing me that she will never forgive me for removing that tooth. Oh, my God. She started shouting, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm like, you will not die. You will see tomorrow. Just relax and wait. And the next day when she saw me, you could see on her face that she was like shy kind of because of the way she acted and all of that. So it's scenarios like that why I started that Instagram page to get this information out there that when you have a hole in your tooth, you do not wait for pain or even if the tooth is not painful, you don't wait because you never know when you can have complications. Yeah. So you have to sort it out immediately. You don't have to wait to solve a problem. Once you have the hole, just go to a dentist, let them see it and sort it out and then you'll be fine rather than waiting for your jaw to be swollen and there's pus oozing out of your body and all of that. Yeah. And some of these things can actually end up in fatality. Yes, people actually lose their lives from having this type of swelling. For something that you could have just sorted out in like five minutes, 15 minutes to the dentist would have solved all that problem. And I think that's really great to educate us, even me involved, because <laughs> from a very young age, I always brush my teeth, but I do that once a day. I always hear people say you have to brush your teeth twice a day, but I was always doing it once a day. But for me, when I go to the bathroom to brush my teeth, I take like about five minutes to brush my teeth. <laughs> okay, then that's good then. You can just double that five minutes to twice a day and then it will be awesome. Oh, I, I started doing that about four or five years ago, brushing my teeth twice a day. But up to then, it was always once a day. And I make sure that I brush it for a very long time. And I didn't like off to brushes. I always wanted like one of those hard iron brushes. I used to wish there was like an iron brush so that I can be brushing my teeth. And the first time I went to the dentist was this 2021. (laughs) Really? In your whole life? In my whole life. (laughs) Wow. How was the experience? It was actually good. The doctor said I had very good teeth and they just had to clean in and then they just filled some spaces. That was all like one or two spaces. That was all. But apart from that, he was like, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. 
I don't know whether it's my genes or whatever, but two of my sisters have gone to the dentist a couple of times. But for me, this was my first time. It was great. And I'm not saying those who are out there that are just doing it once a day, you don't have to go to the doctors. Please do go to the dentist. Please. Your teeth. You see, it's just the simple things. Brushing twice a day and then brushing for like three to four minutes. That can save you a whole lot. And then visiting your dentist every six months. As I said, you don't have to wait for a problem before you go to your dentist. You're supposed to see your dentist every six months anyway so that they can just have a view of your mouth to see if you have any new cavities. And maybe you will definitely need cleaning after six months for, for most people. So it's just the simple things. And then I also heard you talking about iron brush. Please don't use hard brush for your teeth. Oh, really? No, you don't need hard brush. You need the medium Bristol brush. Oh, Okay. Like when you check the toothbrush pack, you see they've written their medium. Some of them have soft, medium, and hard. Don't go for the hard ones. Oh, wow. You need the medium ones. Because when you go for the hard ones, what you're doing is you're wearing off. And then especially the way we brush hair in Africa with such exuberance, we have to really clean the mouth. So when you brush that hard, you're going to wear off the enamel on your tooth. So eventually what that does is going to cause sensitivity. So you have pain when the wind blows or maybe when you just drink cold water and then you start having pain. So we don't recommend the hard brush. Even if you're a smoker, you feel that you drink too much coffee. Mm-hmm. Always go for the medium brush and then with the coffee, try to just swish your mouth with water. Okay. Once you're done drinking the coffee. Yeah. Once you're done drinking the coffee, just swish your mouth with water. It's the little, little things that count. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Because I always felt like I need something hard on my teeth to like brush they it. They always say it's not the force, it's rather the technique. So I can actually look like I'm not brushing my teeth properly, but then I would probably be doing more good than you that is using so much force to brush your teeth. Oh, wow. I'm being educated here today, guys. <laughs> Throw the hard brushes away. <laughs> Throw them away, please. Right. <laughs> Because I just got a new toothbrush. I always change my toothbrush. I just got a new one and it was not hard enough. It was so soft. I'm like, this is not it. At first, I understand. It was the same for me. I also used to use toothbrush they sell in the boutique in arts. You know, the VIP toothbrush. You know that one? No, because the reason why I'm saying that is because I was just chatting with one of my friends and she said she uses wisdom toothbrush. <laughs> She's here. She's in US, but she always orders wisdom toothbrush from Ghana. Oh, Gap. my God. <laughs> Oh my God, that wisdom toothbrush, nah. Medium toothbrush, that's your best bet. Oh, wow. Another question that popped in my mind was this. You know, back in the day, people use like this wooden stick to brush their teeth. And like mm-hmm. in Ghana, I know they have this chewing one. It's like a sponge, but it's a brown thing. The chewing stick. Mm-hmm. Even the stick they have, it's like a sponge. It has like different strands and it's brown like that. And in Gambia, people use the stick as well. I know Ghana has a stick and then Gambia too uses like a brown one as well. I know that's what people use back in the day, but if you use that, is it still good? I would say yes and no. Why I don't recommend the chewing stick is because, again, you remember when I was talking about force. For the chewing stick, what it does is it causes like micro tears on your gums. And eventually when they're healing, they form what we call granulomas, Mm. which is like the way the wound heals, it forms granulomas. And when you look at the gum, it's like small, tiny tumors on the gums. And they can continue growing until they're big. And then you would have to go to your dentist or your oral surgeon to have them cut out. Mm. So that's why I personally don't advocate for chewing stick. 
But then here in Africa, where you have access to toothbrush being difficult, especially in the rural areas, I wouldn't say stop using chewing stick because still the function of the chewing stick is to remove the plaque, which is the biofilm which contains all the germs that cause all the cavities and then the gum disease and all of that. So you can't tell them stop using chewing stick and then you don't give them toothbrush. So I would say for them, continue using it, but please... If you could get a toothbrush, a medium Bristol toothbrush, please do. How many times should one change a toothbrush in a year? In a year, you should change your toothbrush every three months. Okay. Yeah, so that means four times. Four times a year. Wow. Four times a year. Every three months, change your toothbrush because your mouth is not a clean environment. Mm. Like I remember when I was working as a lab tech in MRC, we used to have a rule when you're working on what we used to call plates, like the culture media where you grow the bacteria. You don't talk, you close your mouth because <laughs> you can also introduce germs from your mouth onto that culture plate and then you would get wrong results. We actually tried at one point to just breathe into one of the culture plates and then we grew the bacteria in our mouth. You would be surprised the things you see. Mm. Every time you put the brush in your mouth, you're inoculating that toothbrush with all the germs in your mouth. So you don't want to use it for a very, very long period because all the time you're just reintroducing these germs that might have multiplied on the brush right back into your mouth. Okay. So you have to get rid of it. And then as well, when you're using the brush for that long, the bristles free. They don't become effective in cleaning your teeth any longer. So you definitely have to change it and get a new one so that when you're brushing properly, it's effective doing what it's supposed to do. Guys, change your toothbrush. Change your toothbrush. My slogan is three months Jotna. <laughs> you have to change your toothbrush every three months. <laughs> I like that slogan. <laughs> yeah, three months Jotna. It rhymes with something in my mind. You know what I'm thinking about. <laughs> yeah, the political one. <laughs> yes. I took it from there because I knew everybody was so busy with that slogan. So I'm like, hmm, this might catch people's attention. So that's why I went with three months Jotna. Three months Jotna. For those who don't understand what love, that means three months is here or three months up. Yeah. So covering your toothbrush, how effective is that? Is it good? Do we need to or we don't? No, you don't need to. Because I think personally, if you cover your toothbrush, you're not allowing it to dry. So you're just creating this moist environment. Bacteria, they always like wherever is moist. So you just leave it there, let it dry out until your next use. Because when you cover it, you're giving them breeding ground to multiply. So I would say, let your toothbrush dry. So don't cover them. Okay. I think the reason why some people would cover is because maybe they are living with different people. And so you don't want somebody else's toothbrush kissing your toothbrush. <laughs> so I know, right? Yeah. What I used to do is when I lived with people, I don't keep my toothbrush in the common area. I always keep oh. it in my room especially in university, obviously, because you never know what someone will do with your toothbrush. Right, honestly. right. <laughs> Somebody will even use your toothbrush and brush their teeth and go. <laughs> my idea. <laughs> so I'll just take my toothbrush and put it just close to my bed there. And then secondly, what you can also do is don't put your toothbrush very close to your toilet, the toilet bowl itself. Oh. So you can find a designated area where you can place your toothbrush. That's a good point. Electric brushes and regular brushes, which one is better? I don't think any is better per se. For me, usually the electric toothbrushes, I prescribe them for my patients that usually that have like stroke. Maybe they have hemiparalysis. Maybe one side of their body is not functioning properly. I had a patient that she had a stroke. She was left-handed. She was trying to use her right hand to brush. 
but because she's left-handed, she couldn't brush her mouth properly. So I asked her to use an electric toothbrush to help her because that would apply the force that she can't apply and then would go in circles and give her much more effective cleaning because she's using her less dominant hand. But if you can get an, if you can afford an electric toothbrush, then go for it. It's also good because it does the circular motions for you anyways. Okay. Because I realize most times when I talk to patients, please don't brush side to side. Brush in circular motions. They're like, it's difficult. They can't keep up with the circular motion. So I'm like, okay, then you can get an electric toothbrush because it will do that for you. So you're saying don't brush like up and down, but it should be circular. Don't brush horizontal, like side to side. You can either brush up, down, Mm-hmm. or you can brush in a circular motion. So those two are effective. But then the horizontal goes again to causing the wearing of the enamel mm-hmm. and then causing sensitivity and pain and all of those things. So don't brush horizontally. I tried an electric brush once and I got a headache. A headache? Yeah, I don't know. Is it because of the vibrations? Yeah, the vibrations. I might try another brand and see, but when I tried an electric brush, the vibration was just giving me a headache. I was like, It was so much. Yeah. And you couldn't reduce it? I can't remember. All I can remember was the headache it gave me. And I was like, no, I probably have to try another brand and see. So what are the challenges you faced in a dentist? Living in Gambia, as I said earlier, the culture, the stories that they've passed down about dentistry, basically, those are my greatest challenge right now. And then availability of materials to actually do the work. So those are the biggest challenges. But as I said, we're pushing. People like come to the dentist, you give them one instruction, they go home. The grandmother at home or the grand aunt is also a local dentist. So you have to battle with those ones. Well, local dentist, that's so true. I think that's another thing that we face because you go somewhere, whether a doctor or school or whatever, you are being taught something and you go home and you are being taught another thing. And you'll be shocked. Sometimes it's even educated people. They come to you, you explain everything. This is the reason why this is happening. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Then they go, they do the opposite. They come back and they're like, ah, but I explained everything to you before you left. And I told you the reasons why. But yet still, you went and someone else told you something else and you went with that. So those are the biggest things that we are dealing with here. Wow. Guys, can we just like stick to the rules of the game? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you are being advised by the doctor, just do it. If you do it and it doesn't work, you can come back and complain. Exactly. Come back and complain. We're always there to help you guys. So if you have any issues, always come back and then we'll be there to sort you out. Okay. What are some of the lessons you've learned in life or in this career, whatever it is? I would say tolerance. Having grown up in a strict parent household, you go through life thinking everything has to like go your way. You have your own strong opinions. You have your own vision of what life has to look like. Once you grow up and then you leave home and then you go out there, you see that things will not always turn out the way you want it to. People will not always behave the way you want them to. So you have to be tolerant. You have to change the way you react to certain things. So that has really helped me in my practice as well. Because I'm that type of person, if I'm telling you this is this, this is that, and then you go and do something different, you come back, I'm just holding my head like, ah, why? But then it's just helped me to understand the patients and then to be more sympathetic and then be more patient with them to 
go over everything that I said before and then try to change their mindset if I can. So I would say tolerance and patience, those are the greatest life lessons that I've learned um, so far. Yeah, I said patience is virtue. So if you don't have patience, then you can't do anything. So maybe patience with other people or even patience in life when you're praying for something and it's not coming out. Yeah. To you just have yeah, to that's true. keep pushing and striving to do what you have to do until it finally comes. Eventually, sometimes it will come to pass. Sometimes it's maybe it's not God's will. It for you. Yeah, exactly. What do you know now that you wish you had known when you were younger? I would say to relax, really. Life is not that serious. Right. <laughs> like, just relax. Everything would work out. Everything happened the way it's supposed to happen anyway. So just relax. And just put God in the center of everything. And then things will happen for you anyways. That is so true. <laughs> just relax. Just relax. Ah, I used to be so uptight, especially like during exams, freaking out. Dental school was not easy. Ooh. Jeez. <laughs> it was such a stressful time. Always worried about my grades, worried about my patients coming to clinic, da, da, da. But then just relax. A day at a time and everything would work out. Relax, people. Even me, relax, <laughs> Joyce. <laughs> we just say patience. And then when you don't get what you want, it's like, how can I relax in this situation? I just went through one tough season in my life and it was just like crazy. And I'm like, oh, it's not working. Yeah. How can I do this? But like you said earlier, put God at the center of everything and everything. Will yeah, God at the center. You're not in control. God is. Right. What advice can you give to someone who feels life is hard? I can't move on. I can't do this whether in career path, because it took you some time before you got the career that you want to be doing now. So let's say someone is in looking for a career or just in life general, and they don't know what to do. They are like, oh, I'm tired. Life be the for hard. <laughs> life be the for hard. Life be the for hard. <laughs> you know? Life be easy because the honest truth is that if you look at it, even like Jeff Bezos, I'm sure sometimes he wakes up and he's like, this life is hard. Mm. And that guy is one of the richest people on earth. So the key thing is that just don't ever give up. Yeah. Because the worst thing you can ever do is not give anything that you want to do your all. Whatever it is that you want to do, give it your all so that you know that at the end of the day, within yourself, you know that you've given it 100%. You put in your all and it just did not work out. So that means have a vision for exactly what you want to do and run your own race. People that always get sidelined, looking on the left, on the right, stop doing that. Run your own race. Focus on your own wahala. Your own trouble is enough for you. Stop looking at people and comparing yourself to other people. Because I feel that, especially with our generation, that's the biggest problem. We constantly go on social media. We are looking at how people are living life and we are comparing ourselves to them. But then run your own race. Your own will happen when it happens, when it's the right time. It will happen. I can't stress enough the importance of quality friends and family. You need quality friends and family around you, people that you know that can encourage you, people that you know that you can bounce your ideas off of, mm -hmm. and people that you know that will always be there for you. Again, God is always at the center. So once you have all of this, focus on your own race, have good friends, quality friends and family. Yeah around you and focus on God and have your vision for your life. Life is hard, but then it will work out somehow. And consistency is also key. So just keep at it and don't get downhearted so fast. Keep at it consistency. It will not always happen the way you want it to, but you'll get there. You talked about 
having quality friends around you. And I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and I was telling him, I was like, always, whatever you do, make sure you have the right people around you. Because if you're amongst the wrong people, sometimes you even have delay in your life. They are not willing to help you. But when you have the right friends around you, you're encouraged. You see somebody trying to push you to do better. You see them connecting you to the right people, trying to help you out, as well as you also helping them. When you have the right people around you, you see that there's growth. There's not one person down there, you know, even if someone is down there, every other person is trying to help them to get up there because you have the right people around you. There's no jealousy. There's no arrogance or anything full of pride. You are just like siblings. They always say quality over quantity. Yeah. Me in my life, you can count the number of friends that I have. I know people, but then people that I say, these are my friends, there are very few. Yeah. Because these are people that you know that when I wake up in the morning and I don't feel like today is a good day. Yeah. These are people I message and they encourage me. They will say, okay, read this, read that. And then I have energy to get up and then move on with my day. I know that maybe today might be a bad day, but tomorrow, next tomorrow might be better. You need those people in your life. You can't do it all by yourself. I like that part where you said when you're down, you can call somebody and tell them. And we need that in our lives because just one person encouraging you will just push you to take the next step. Because like you said earlier, even Jeff Bezos wakes up in the morning and just be I'm like... I'm sure. I don't know. I'm assuming, but I'm sure. No, but I mean, you are right. Because the reason why I'm saying that is that we've seen a couple of celebrities that have committed suicide. Why? You are billionaires. You are making money. Katie Spade, Anthony Bourdain. You're committing suicide. Like, why? And you have all the money in the world. It just tells you that having all the money in the world doesn't mean success. Yeah, it doesn't mean happiness. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean happiness. Peace of mind is very important. That's one thing people don't know. It's better to eat crumbs in a house of peace than eat a feast in a house of strife. Right. Peace of mind is so important. So people that have money, a lot of money or up there, wake up in the morning and like, this life is not what I thought it would be. I thought I would exactly. where I want to be, but I'm not there yet. And they commit suicide. We don't want anyone committing suicide. And that's why we're asking you to have the right people around you. And run your own race. Yeah. And run your own race. And that's why we have this podcast encouraging people just to keep pushing because it's not easy, but you can make it easy by having the right people around you. <laughs> exactly. That's true. Any last words for our listeners? Run your own race, be consistent in life, and everything will come together. And then in terms of dentistry, please visit your dentist every six months. Don't wait for pain. Change your brush every three months. And it's the simple things. Eat more fruits. Swap your sugars and your carbs for fruits, vegetables, and those simple things will help you to have good oral hygiene. I'm laughing here because talking about sugar, I remember in Gambia, when some people make tea. Oh my God. Sugar is like half the cup. I have that argument with people every day. I'm like, why are there five tablespoons of sugar in your tea? It's not necessary. It is not. Even not for your tea, you're going to cause diabetes. We have a sweet tooth here in Gambia. Even the attire is a problem. Right. But I know we love sour as well. Sour things a lot. But that sugar thing, mm, it's a lot. And I don't know whether you remember Keba Dampa. Oh, ho, ho, yeah. <laughs> that toffee is so sweet. Yes, it is so sweet. I don't know what we're doing with we're kids. Jeez. <laughs> I wish we knew better, but then it's never too late to learn. Really. Where can they find your dental places in Gambia or where you work in Gambia so that if anyone wants to visit? Well, they can always DM me on Instagram on underscore Dr. Dre underscore. 
and then we can have a chat. So underscore Dr. Gray underscore on Instagram. Underscore Dr. Gray underscore. Guys, you heard that. You can always DM her and get all your questions and how to treat your teeth as well. So thank you so much for being on here. I really, really appreciate it. This was a really great conversation and I got educated <laughs> on my own podcast. So. My dear, throw that iron toothbrush away. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm no longer going to be looking for hard toothbrush. I'll make sure I'm looking for the medium ones. <laughs> and tell your friend with the wisdom toothbrush as well. <laughs> I am going to call her right away. <laughs> but thank you so much. It was awesome having you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breakers Corner podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the Podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in the Gambia, West Africa. Thank you.